Hey, thanks for joining us on the No Limits Church podcast. Here at No Limits, we are on a mission to make a difference in the lives of others. We want to help people know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. It's a journey, and we're all walking it together. So wherever you're listening from, we pray that you are encouraged and empowered by this week's message. Well, we're continuing our series that we're calling different today, but before we get into that, I just want to say thank you so much for being here today. Isn't it a beautiful day to celebrate Easter? Yeah, happy Easter, y'all. I mean, this is the whole reason we're here. This is why we do this thing every Sunday is because he is risen, not just on Easter, but every day, right? Aren't you glad that we get to live like post-resurrection when Jesus is alive? Amen. Well, if you're joining us online, I want to say hey to you. Thanks for being with us. It's great to hear the word of God, even if it's over the internet. But if you ever have the chance to join us in person, I highly encourage you to be here with us. For those of you who don't know me, my name's Kate, and I'm the lead pastor here alongside my wife, Beth. And here at No Limits, we're on a mission to make a difference. We want to help you know God, find freedom, and discover purpose. So let's get into, this is actually part eight of this series, which is about following Jesus. Because like I said, we want to help you know God. And one of the best ways we can help you know God is to introduce you to Jesus. And I'll show you what I mean in our core scripture for this series. Jesus replied, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father, and the words I speak are not my own, but the Father who lives in me does his work through me. And that's just one of many scriptures where you find out this truth, that God is revealed through Jesus. Say, Cade, you've been saying that every week. Just want to make sure you get it. If we want to know God, then we need to get to know Jesus. And I'm so thankful there's four entire books of the Bible dedicated to the life of Jesus so that we have no excuses of knowing Jesus. We call them the Gospels. It's Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And through the series, we're working through the book of John. And what we found out, what we're finding out is that the way of Jesus is quite different. Maybe even different than... Uh, what you see the American church doing as a whole, maybe different than something you believed in, t- in the past about Christianity. So go ahead and look at somebody next to you and say, you know, you've been acting a little different. Yeah. Then look at somebody else and say, you've been looking a little different, but it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So last week we wrapped up in John chapter 5. Next week, we'll continue that journey and get into John chapter 6. But since it's Easter, I got to just go ahead and skip to the end of the book and talk about something. And you know, when preparing for this message today, I asked myself this question. If today was the day Jesus rose from the dead, what would he tell us? What would he tell us? And so I went through and I studied the resurrection story in all four gospels. And while I was studying, I asked the Holy Spirit, reveal to me what Jesus was trying to get across to us right after the resurrection. What was he trying to say? And I found three things. And the first one is probably something you've heard. You hear it every Easter. We talk about it all throughout the year. Um, Here it is. To follow Jesus, I must receive forgiveness, right? This is the whole reason Jesus put himself through the suffering and through the torment. He looked at you, the rebellious and sinful you, and he said, I got to do something about that. So I got to do something about that. And he knew you'd never make it to heaven if it were up to you. So that's why Jesus, the son of God, gave himself as a sacrifice for your sins. You were supposed to die and go to hell. But he died for you so that you could make the choice to believe in him and spend eternity with him in heaven. John 3, 16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But here's how Jesus would say this. Here's how he did say this after the resurrection. And we find this in Luke 24, 47. He said, there is forgiveness of sins for all who repent. You can see that Jesus gives a condition to receiving forgiveness. 
You must repent. And it sounds like a scary word until you realize that the word repent simply means to turn. You change direction. In other words, to receive forgiveness, I must turn away from sin and believe in Jesus. And there's a partial gospel message out there that tells us that you have forgiveness of sins regardless of how you choose to live thereafter. I call that the partial gospel. But Jesus made it clear for us, forgiveness is for those who repent, those who make a choice to turn away from their sin and turn towards God. And many like to make the argument that all you have to do is believe in Jesus. John 3.16, baby. John 3.16, and that's true. All it takes is believing in Jesus but to receive eternal life. But here's the deal, and I tell you guys this all the time. When you believe in Jesus, you follow Jesus. There's nothing else in the world that we would accept that you believe in it if you don't follow it. And I use this example a lot because it's the most clear way to say it. There's some people in here who believe in the Dallas Cowboys. We don't know why you do, but you do. And you show us that you believe in them because you follow every game. Don't fall for the lie that you can believe in Jesus without following Jesus. Don't believe the lie that you can receive forgiveness without repentance. They go together. Y'all, it's called the partial gospel if you only hear one of those. But it only works when you accept the whole gospel. There is forgiveness of sins for all who repent, for all who repent. There is forgiveness of sin, and that includes you. It's a choice that you get to make. This is not complicated. (laughs) You get to choose to turn away from your sin and turn towards Jesus, and there is forgiveness of sins, regardless of how many times you have to do that. So that's the first thing Jesus delivered after the resurrection. He wants to make sure that everybody receives forgiveness because he provided it for you. And the next one is something that some of y'all are going to love, and some of y'all are going to hate. Nevertheless, I found it in all four Gospels when I read the resurrection story. And here it is. To follow Jesus, I must receive the Holy Spirit. I understand this is a tense subject for many people. It's, it's kind of weird to talk about, so we just kind of like skirt around it, maybe neglect it. But it's actually not weird at all. And the best way to get over the weirdness is to understand the why. Why does Jesus want us to receive the Holy Spirit? Well, he gives us the answer in Luke 24. He says, and now I will send the Holy Spirit as my father promised, but stay here in the city until the Holy Spirit comes and fills you with power from heaven. Power from heaven. That's what we get whenever we receive the Holy Spirit. See, this isn't really weird at all. Just think of it this way. When you connect your house to the power plant, what does your house get? Power. What does that power enable you to do? Everything with a lot more ease, right? You no longer have to build a fire to cook your food. You just turn on the stove. You no longer have to wash each garment by hand on the washboard, right? You just toss all your clothes in the washer and turn that sucker on. Amen. And some of us even want it easier than that. Maybe it's coming. I don't know. We can ask the Lord for that. But when you receive the Holy Spirit, you're filled with power to do what God has called you to do. No longer do you have to strive and hustle because you have power from heaven. Instead, you're led by the Holy Spirit into the things that are most effective, into the things that are right for you. If you're striving and you're hustling, all that means is that you're doing something that somebody else is supposed to be doing. Walking with Jesus is not striving and hustling. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. So I use that as a great indicator. If I'm striving and I'm hustling, even though I'm in the entrepreneur circle, they tell you to hustle. And I'm like, well, Jesus didn't tell me to do that. And I'm following Jesus. You know, there's only so much you can do by yourself. And I found out that what I do by myself is really pitiful. It really is. 
But whenever I rely on the power of the Holy Spirit and then I connect with others who are doing the same, like the results just blow my mind. It's incredible. So Jesus wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's what he wants for you. And it's so important that it's one of the three things that he told us right after the resurrection before he ascended into heaven. And here's the third thing. To follow Jesus, I must obey Jesus. It's almost as if he knew that we would try to find a way of out, way out of obedience. All right, let's be real. He, we know. <laughs> We're going to try to find a way out. He knew exactly we'd try to do that. We, he knew that we would use his grace as a license to sin. He knew we would use his love as an excuse to ignore sinful behavior. He knew we would. And he even knew that we would take his very words out of context like this one. In John 13, 34, Jesus said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. But let me show you how we like to read this. So now I'm giving you a new commandment so you can ignore all the other commandments. Love each other, not Jesus. That's not what he said. Let's look at this scripture again. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. And sure, all the other commandments can be summed up into this one commandment, can't they? The problem is, we don't know how to love each other if we don't have the other commandments. And this is really what's going on in our nation right now. People are trying to love each other. I believe they are. I believe everybody has a good heart. They're trying to love each other. But some people think that in order to love the LGBTQ community, we have to pass laws that support their sin. But to truly love those who are in sin, you must introduce them to the power of Jesus Christ. Trust me, they would much rather you lead them into freedom than to advocate for their sin, and advocate for the government to keep them in bondage. If we really want to help that community, we must first learn to treat them with love and respect. Step one, they're valuable. They're beautiful, just like Jesus does. But we also must learn how to lean into the power of the Holy Spirit so that we can say the things and gently lead them into freedom. Freedom is what they need. God didn't make them that way. That's not God's best for their life. It's actually really destructive for their life. And the Holy Spirit will help you, lead them into freedom. And it usually starts with the friendship. It does. Amen. I could do an entire message on that. Maybe I will someday. But what I want you to get from that story is that, you know, we really stink at loving others without further commandments from Jesus. That's why you'll find about 50 things that Jesus commanded us to do in the Gospels. Can you believe that? 50 things. Um, We're talking about, you know, Love your enemies. Anyone? Uh, Be generous. Repent of your sins and turn to God. Oh, I love this one. Don't run from suffering. Yep, Jesus said that. Maybe I should do a whole message on that. That'd be fun. Treat others as you want to be treated. And here's what Jesus said about the 50 things that he gave us. He said, teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Aren't you glad that he said that we only have to obey some of the commands? Nope, he said we have to obey all the commands. That means you can do it. He's given you the power to do it. That means I can do it. That means we can do it. It's not impossible. So quick recap, to follow Jesus, I must receive forgiveness. I must receive the Holy Spirit. I must obey Jesus. Those are the three things that Jesus wanted to get across to you on this day, Resurrection Day, or as we like to call it, Easter And everything we've done in service so far today was to prepare for what's coming next. 
God has a special design and a special purpose for our Easter service today, and the next part is actually when it all comes alive. And I'm excited. The Holy Spirit leads me into preparing for these services, and most of the time, He'll show me in a vision the most impactful part of our service, what it's going to be like, what we're supposed to do. And that's why we anointed eight people a few weeks ago to receive the spiritual gift of healing. Y'all remember that? That's why I shared my testimony last week. And that's why we had people come up just a few weeks ago and share, you know what God has called them to do, but yet they're kind of having a hard time with it. All this was given to me ahead of time by the Holy Spirit, and he has a special assignment for today as well. It's time to hear some resurrection stories. So here's the deal. You were once dead in your sins, and then you believed in Jesus, and now you have new life. It's not a perfect life, but it's way better than you could have ever imagined. And there's at least one person in this room right now, probably more, where it's just burning on the inside of you, like, I got to share my story. I got to share what Jesus has done in my life. So if that's you, and the Holy Spirit's moving on your heart right now to share that story, go ahead and come on up. It's time to share that story. People need to hear it. Come on up, Summer. Oh, okay, awesome. I don't like this microphone stuff, but I'll do it. I've always been a secluded person because I was the only child and something happened to me when I was little and my mom pretty much kept me in my room all the time. Not her fault or anything like that. Well, I wanted to venture off, so I ran away. And when I ran away, everybody loved me. And I was like, I think I'm going to keep doing this. So I kept doing it. I found myself getting raped. I've been raped a few times. I think I lost my spirit a little bit because I didn't know God's word. And so anyways, through my journey, I'd went through a few churches and stuff like that. And man, the way that church made me feel like I was alive, I knew, I mean, I, I knew Christ when I was little. I used to think going to Ulagal, reading the signs before I could read, said, God loves you. I used to say that to my aunt when I'd ride with her there. And all of that. I couldn't read, so I just made it up, you know. But apparently, the few times I had went to church, it really stuck with me. <clears throat> and I'd always prayed throughout the years whether I knew his word or not. And But I just kept getting, everybody that wanted to be around me weren't necessarily doing a godly walk, okay? But it was amazing how you can find people that don't know Christ that have a lot of love in their heart. Um, that are doing all kinds of wrong things just simply out of not knowing. And once you realize that, you almost it's almost like a genuine goodness. It's not for a show. It's not for a glory. And so <clears throat> you, you kind of don't want to leave people. Like, I wanted to change my ways at times and, and turn this way. I'm so lonely, okay? I could have probably a lot of really caring people around me if I wasn't on this right now. And I'm not saying that, I'm just saying that people feel so rejected from the church. And if we could get that message across of there's no condemnation for those that are in Christ, maybe we can get some of those people in here. 
And you can't be afraid of them because really what they want is what you're living in. They want it. And so I think we should all be more accepting. Whenever I was reading in the Bible, I, I remember thinking, man, I do not want to be stuck in Psalms and Proverbs. Can we move along? Because when I was, even when I was reading in some of those, I was like, I'm going to hell. <laughs> and, I had, and I had to understand that, okay, then I found the forgive them for they did not know. Oh, thank God. Because <laughs> I don't want to burn in Hades, okay. So anyways, whenever I start, I, I wasn't understanding the thou shalt now and all that in the other parts of the Bible. And I'm still smoking cigarettes. So I said, God loves you. Okay. He loves me too. Let's go to church. You know? And I remember one of my pastors saying, what do I look like? A pastor with a cigarette in my mouth? And I'm like, I'm like, dung. Your body's your temple. If I could kick cigarettes, I can kick anything. Because my excuse to do everything else was a cigarette. I promise. That was the gateway. That was the bondage that Satan had on me. I got to have cigarettes. You know, that was the bondage. So after I, uh, I asked God if I could, this really happened. And I was alone in this, okay? Some things you just got to keep to yourself because people will freak out. So I'm like reading in the Bible because they don't know how to handle me. They're like, who are you? You know, you can't just flip over like that, Summer. Yes, I can. I sure can. So I don't just love you. I love me too. And I'm going to try to see if I can drag us all out of there. You know what I mean? So I'm reading the red letters and I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, it was like a vortex opened in my mind and I was understanding it all. And I threw up projectile. I don't mean to scare anybody. I'm not a demon or anything like that, okay? But I do believe the bondage possibly came out. Because ever since I threw up, I have not smoked a cigarette. Yes. And I have... I've overeaten a little bit, okay? I've eaten a little more. And I'm like, dang it, man, my weight loss plan is over. You know? Oh, well. So, anyways, we're kind of like stuck in this moment. And I'm really, I'm, it's almost like I'm being hard on myself because I feel like I've left a whole bunch of people behind. And I can see these people looking at me right now going, uh-uh, girl, you know what she did? And you know what? I was lost too. I was with you and I was lost too. <laughs> and once I can grasp that, instead of feeling like, oh my gosh, nobody's going to accept me here. Well, we can move forward. And what I would like to see is those same people coming through the doors, not feeling like God condemns them and believing that he laid it all down for us because he is selfless. And as we should be selfless in forgiving one another. Forgiveness is not a selfish act. It's not for you. It is the love of Christ inside of you to show and profess that you want to be like him. Except you don't got to be nailed to a cross. Now, how you like that? You know what I mean? I mean, can you do it? It ain't like you're going to be nailed to a cross and I sure couldn't handle that. 
My feet's been messed up, and I've been a real wimp on it. You see me every morning. And I try to not get up in that complaining thing, too. I have to, I have to sit there, and I'm like, we're at a war right now, you know? But anyways, my feet felt better this morning because I asked God. I was like, you know, we're going to do this. We're going to get to church. And I don't like to go off and ramble. So I'm going to stop right there. And that's what God has put on my heart. And I know it seems like I'm stuck in a moment. But that moment needs to be seen because that moment is where a lot of people are stuck in. They can't see past, oh, my God, all the things I've done. You are kidding me. And when I go up in that place, they're going to be judging me left and right. Well, here's what I want to say. It is up to us to not look down on people that want to come in. Amen. Thank you, Summer. Summer, Summer, we love you. We're glad you're a part of this church. We really do. We really are. Come on up, Rachel. Wow, that was amazing. And there's a reason that the Holy Spirit had her go first. (laughs) Because my testimony is that I was the good girl. I did everything right. And I loved Jesus with all my heart. And I got to college. And I started seeing all these sinners who weren't repenting and weren't turning from God. And at some point I realized I felt they all deserved to go to hell. You know? God told you to do this, you're not obeying, well, you should go to hell. And somewhere around maybe my second year in college, I thought, I don't think God feels this way about these people. And I needed a heart change. I didn't want to see them like that. And I didn't know what to do because I knew what sin was and I knew what obedience was and I knew what God had for them and they were not doing it. And so I just started praying every day, Lord, help me to love people. I didn't know what love was. I was in the church my whole life and I thought loving people meant telling them they were going to hell. Yeah. Yeah. You don't love them if you don't tell them they're going to hell. But for some reason, no one felt loved when I told them they were going to hell. (laughs) So I just started praying, Lord, show me how to love people. How am I supposed to think about these people? What do you think about these people? Because I don't think that you want them to go to hell. And after about three months... I woke up one morning, and I realized my heart had just gradually been changing. And somewhere around that same time, I started listening to a preacher called Andrew Womack, who has a series, The War is Over, about how the war between God and man is over, and that as far as God is concerned, there is peace between us. And he has forgiven the sins of the whole world. And I I love what Cade was saying this morning about You have to repent to receive it, but it doesn't require your repentance for God to extend it. He already gave it, but you can't receive it unless you repent, which to turn, but you can't turn unless you change your mind. You have to change the way you think about your life before you're ready to turn and live a new way. So, wow, God just showed me like, 
the fields are white, white unto harvest. And there's a scripture in Revelation where it talks about those who overcome. Jesus gives you a new name, and he writes it on a white stone. And if you go look up the Greek word for stone, that word stone doesn't mean just a rock, any rock. It actually is a specific type of stone that was used to cast judgment. And a black one meant you were guilty, and a white one meant you were innocent. And he writes your name on the white judgment stone. (laughs) And he looks out on the field, and it is white. There's all these innocent people, and they don't know it. They're living in condemnation and sin and shame and hell because they won't change their mind and realize that God already bought freedom and heaven for them. So just what Summer was saying, I mean, that's my testimony. He radically changed my world. I'd walk out and see people, and all I see are loved people, loved people, forgiven people. And we got to see that because it's so much easier to love them when you see them the way Jesus does. Yeah, that's my story. Thank you, Rachel. That's good. Anybody else? Come on. Coonrod too, huh? I knew this would happen. I actually told Beth, I got this word when I was with you, Amy, on Thursday at the city elders meeting. We were worshiping God. City elders meeting, I mean, it's so cool. There's a group of people who get together in Tulsa to stand in the gap for our nation, for for God's kingdom to advance. And it was just, Amy invited me to go, and it was just a beautiful thing. But we're sitting there worshiping God, and God just downloads his plan for the service right there at the event. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to open up the floor and let people share their resurrection stories. I'm like, well, that's a little bit scary. (laughs) But okay. But it was his plan. It's his design. So you're up. All right, so I feel like there are some people out there who have led a fairly plain and uneventful life. Um, Things have been, you know, not everyone's had this extreme drama and things happen to them, and they're sitting there, maybe like I was um, at at one time, and just thinking, you know, I've kind of got a boring life, and and nothing's, I don't have this traumatic story to tell, and... um, um, but but everyone has a story to tell eventually. And four years ago, we um, our 18 year old son was uh, found himself in a in a situation uh, that he shouldn't have been in, and it cost him his life. And it it turned our lives upside down. It made us look at everything and reexamine everything in our lives. And we had to decide. We had to make decisions. What do we do with this? What, how do we go forward? How what, what does God want to use this for? And thank goodness we had the foundation of Scripture under us. We had the foundation of God under our family, and we were standing on, we were leaning on Jesus, and, and uh, we were letting His arms surround us through that whole thing. Um, and when when you have that that healthy perspective right from the front, Satan's going to attack. And the first thing he did was he told everyone that our th- our son was a thug. And then when he saw that that didn't crush us, then he told everyone that we were horrible parents, and that was why. And when he saw that that didn't crush us, he kept going and spread it all over the news. And, and, and eventually, 
I think Satan could see that it wasn't going to tear us down because we were covered with the blood of Jesus. And so, uh, but I, I turned to my mom somewhere in those first days. I said, Mom, how do I do this? How do I, how do I move forward and, you know, and do this right? Because I'm the mom of the family. I have three other beautiful children and a husband, and, and they might be looking at me going, what's she doing with this? And there was a sense of responsibility there. And she said, here's what, here's what you need to know, that this, this life right here that we're living on earth is a little blip in our eternal timeline. It's just a little blip. But it's so important what we do in that blip. And what we do in that blip should be loving everyone around us, showing the love of God to everyone around us, because that's the only thing that matters. Our jobs, our money, our clothing, our cars, our houses, we don't take those with us. Those don't go with us. We don't show up at the gate with our best outfit and our wad of money and go, I did it. You did, they, they, God doesn't care about that. You're going to show up with just you, just what's just right here, what's inside of you. And he's going to be like, how much did you love everyone? Did you love everyone with, with a godly love? And uh, that's the only thing that matters. So it changed our perspective as far as what we look at. Those things that were important before became less important. And then the more important things in our life became those around us, the souls around us that, that are loved, that, that God loves, that he created. So obviously he loves them or he wouldn't have made them. And so it just changed that perspective around. And, and now um, that's our primary concern is, is um, you know, how do we love those souls and show them God and make sure that they are prepared for their uh, next part of their journey after that blip on earth. And so. Yeah, thank you, Amy. Coonrod? Come on up, man. I promise I'm going to drag this out and nobody gets to eat today. <laughs> Amy, Chuck, where'd you guys go? Hey, listen, Max ain't no thug. Max was love. Yes. So was Jake the Snake. So if anybody ever comes up to y'all and says anything cross about what Max did or who he was as a person, you come let me know. I'll go thump him for you. <laughs> That's, I'm going to go show him some love. Uh, all right, so hold on. My, my resur- i got to get back on track. My resurrection story. So I didn't always have this really cute physique, but I always thought I did. And I was a teenager, teenage boy, so young men, listen up. My, my addiction was treating women as objects, and I didn't learn that. Um, they weren't objects. I didn't learn that they were gifts from God until much later in my life. Um, so if you don't hear anything else today, young men, listen to that. Women are not objects. They are gifts from God. Treat them as such. Uh, February 2000, I lost my mom to pancreatic cancer. I was not a Christian. Uh, I got mad at God said some things that I regret, and I'm thankful now that he doesn't hold that against me. Um, I was not living a life that I should have been living. Again, 
You know, women were objects. I was doing whatever I wanted. I was satisfying every ounce of my flesh. And uh, (laughs) praise God, exactly three years, guys, three years from the day my mom passed. um, A buddy of mine, my best friend from high school, Michael Rogers, he comes up to me and he says, hey, I found this church in South Broken Arrow. And you got to come hear this guy speak. He said, he's amazing. Um, I've never heard anybody preach like this before. And I'm, you know, I've got churches furthest from my mind. And he, and I said, I don't want to go to church. And he said, give me three Sundays. If you don't want to go anymore after three Sundays, I won't ever ask again. Man, I tell you what, for somebody that doesn't follow Christ, somebody that's not a Christian, that is, that is a safe bet. And I was there. So I was faithful. I attended Sunday school and service for all three of those Sundays. And on that third Sunday, three years from the day my mom had passed, I remember sitting there thinking, I'm almost through this dog and pony show. I had my head down during the altar call sitting in that back row. I was a back row Baptist. And I thought, I'm only five minutes away from never having to step foot in one of these stupid buildings ever again. And I, I kid you not. As you hear my voice right now, during that altar call, God said, go. And it was, it was so real that I didn't know that was God talking to me because I wasn't really there for him. And so I lifted up my head and I'm looking around and I'm like, who's talking to me? I turn around and look behind me. And I'm, I'm in the back row, y'all, and there's nobody behind me. And my, and my best friend Michael was like, Two people over, and he's just sitting there laughing. And I thought, you crazy sucker, you're playing tricks on me. So I put my head back down, and the pastor kept going. He starts pleading at this point, and he says something about, there's one person in here that ain't letting letting it go, <laughs> and I ain't stopping. And then, like, somebody just deeply yelled this thunderous, go. And I was like, um... I'm not kidding you guys. Like, I don't really like doing crazy things, but I jumped over pews (laughs) looking for a way to get to the center aisle. I was climbing over people's shoulders. I was knocking people out of the way. I didn't know who that was, but I knew I didn't want to find out who it was because I had that. I got, I'm going, I'm going to go. I'm going to get up there. I'm going to find out what's going on. And I get up there and I found Jesus on my knees, begging for forgiveness and you guys, it's, it's been a wild ride. I mean, that was February 2003, and, you know, 18 years ago, and I haven't done it right, but God still loves me. For 10 years, I, I didn't get it right, and it clicked, and I started getting things right. I still don't have it right, but I started getting things right. I don't treat women as objects. Um, I'm married to my best friend, and I have three beautiful children. And those, all of these things in my life, I credit the fact that I was obedient when God said go. Um, I've kicked addictions. I've kicked habits. I've kicked, you, know, you name it. We'll sit down. Dude, I know the feeling you're going through. I remember my first day of salvation like it was last week. You're ready to charge hell with a water pistol. You're going to put it all out. I know. I know. So, I mean, there's that passion there. And so if I could say anything and plead to you guys to be encouraging before I walk off this stage is to say that 
that you don't wait for God to scream, go. Go on that first go and, and just hang on. That's all I got to say. Thank you. Thanks, Kudra. I love you, man. All right. Come on, girl. I love this. Oh, you're coming too? All right. We'll get you next. Okay, man? So I've been really anxious. I've... God's been talking to me, and I haven't came up here. I haven't came up here because of anxiety. I was in the nursery and I was hearing everyone's stuff and I just had this rush. Like I need to go up there because I've had God's been talking to me and every time it's like come up and I've been so anxious. But I like this time I have to go. In sixth grade, it was really bad for me. I was around a lot of bad influences and with um, LGBTQ stuff, and I believed that I was bi. And then the family was like, that's not who you are. And my friends kept telling me that, um, that there's verses in the Bible that says there was lesbians and all this in them, that it's okay. But my family was telling me no. And at first, like, I was really anxious because I was just, like, feeling like I was being pushed by the church. And, like, every time it would be, like, Sunday, and I'm like, oh, God, I have to go to church. I was just, <laughs> I did not want to go. But um, sixth grade, um, I was pushed, and I thought I was a lesbian, or um, a bi, and um, and then after sixth grade, my mom put me in homeschool, and I've gotten into, into the Word. And, like, me and my friend now that we do Bible studies, and I've just... It was, it was in this church, me and my youth group, I felt like he was saying, if you want to come up here and give your life to Jesus, and all of a sudden my hand was up, and I was just praying and praying, like, thank you, God, and I have been reading the word, and I just feel so free, and I feel... thankful for Cade and this church. <laughs> I'm so thankful. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. That's pretty good. Oh, come on. All right, man. Go for it. Hi. You can move over. Go ahead and move over here so they can see you. Okay. <laughs> I actually hit my head on a bar from my best friend. Then I cried and, I, and God made me stand up. Then I got home. Then I got then I. Then I had to feed my pig with apples. And I forgot the, the, the bowl for the apples. And that's my story. <laughs> Thanks, man.
Thank you. <laughs> Amy, come on up. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, this, this is actually not for me, but when Shelly came up, I would just like to take a moment and pray for all of our youth in the church and in this area and really in this country because things are so upside down and somebody has got to stand up and stand in the gap for these kids. And so I, I'm a little self-conscious about praying in front of people, but who cares? We don't, we don't care about that. So Lord, we just thank you so much for the children for the children in this church and we just pray for their safety and for you to shine your light on them in their lives in such a powerful way that they will not listen to any voice but yours and forget all the stuff in the media that you have just mm. Lord I just thank you that we stand in agreement we stand on your word we pray for the children we pray for anybody caught in that trap that you would shine your light and let them know there is a better way in Jesus' name. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Well, this is a result, part of this, from what we did in class today. Uh, it's just been so exciting teaching your children. And Shelly is one of four young ladies that we call crew chiefs who oversee small groups in our class. The adults are there, but they're in the background. They're just helping their kids in training. Today was the day that we talked about sin. Isn't that interesting? And Jesus was in the tomb. Thank you, Josh, for staying in that tomb the whole time all by yourself till it was time to come out. But we did an exercise where we talked about, in their language, having things that you don't like. You lie. Well, we had little round dots. And I put the first dot on, the crew chiefs put their dot on, and then every kid put their dot on if they've ever told a lie. And by the time we got through, all uh, we named other things. By the time we got through, our shirts were just a mess. You know, those dots all over them. I'm all dressed up. So there was the cross appeared behind them. We can go put those dots on the cross. And that's what they did. And we made a circle around the cross. And we prayed. Shelly's heart was touched. Every child's heart was touched. Ronnie's was touched. We were touched. And then Jesus came out of the cross, out of the tomb, right up to the cross. It's like the spotlight was on, and there he was. And they're going, it was wonderful. It was wonderful. Jesus appeared right there, and he touched every one of them and blessed them. I want you to know that about your children so you can encourage them and remind them, are you putting a dot on your shirt which meant your heart? You see, it's keeping you going to heaven, going to heaven if you are. So that's, I want to encourage you parents, instead of yelling at your child or whatever it is you do, ask them quietly, are you putting a dot on your heart? It'll get through to him a lot faster. So find your cross and go take that dot off and give it to Jesus. And one more thing that the Holy Spirit is telling me to tell you. I told them this today. If you don't ever get anything else in your life, I ask them the question. God said to Jesus, son, you're just going to go have to down, go down to earth. We got to fix this mess. Well, Dad, what am I going to go down and do there? Where are you going to have to you can die for mankind? 
So I asked the kids, why do you think God chose the way he sent his son? How else could he have done it? Well, man, we had all kinds of things. We had, what do we have, guys? Rockets, what? Huh? Magic. I mean, there was all kinds of great ideas. Really good ideas. He could have had a million angels. But you know what he did? He decided that that woman and that man that he created, Adam and Eve, and started the earth and started populating by having a child, you and I would come to the earth that very same way through a woman that bore a child. Jesus humbled himself to do that for you and for me. And that makes us royalty. So we put back our shoulders. I was born just like my Savior. I am royalty. Put your hand up. Say, I'm royalty. I'm a child of the king. I am a warrior. I am victorious. I can do this. Yay. Now that one thing changed my life when I figured that out. And accepted it in my heart, believed it, and repented. Turned. And and so people ask me, how do you do this? That's the way right there. I just gave you the biggest secret in the universe, but it's no longer a secret in this church. Yes! Whoa! Amen. Thank you. Something really simple that the Lord wants you to know is like everything we've talked about today, and I'll tell you, I struggled a little bit with this message. He gave it to me. I was like, I don't want to give that message. Like people are going to think that it's like old school, you know, Christianity, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, the Lord's like, it's, we're at a point now where the Lord's like, all right, enough of the shenanigans. Like, let's do this thing. Right. But he wants you to know this is not about performance. It's about decision. That's it. You decide to turn. We always want to get caught up in performance, but it's not about performance. It's about decision. Amen. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory. We love you so much. We thank you, Jesus, for the blood. We thank you, Lord. The invitation's always open for you to turn and believe in Jesus. If there's anybody in the room today that wants to do that, I want you to stand to your feet. Ronnie, come on up, man. It's never too early. It's never too late. You want to give your life to Jesus today? Yeah. You know that Jesus loves you. He gave his life for you. He has a really good plan for you. Like he sees you all grown up out there doing awesome things. Yeah, you're going to do awesome things as a kid, too. It's incredible. Yeah, all you got to do is choose. So are you saying yes to Jesus today? You want to tell your church, say, I'm saying yes to Jesus? Yeah. Yeah. Say yeah. yes to Jesus. Yes, Jesus. I choose. <laughs> I say I choose to follow you today.
I choose to follow you today. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for giving me. I love you. I love you. Amen. Amen. That's awesome, buddy. Man, the kids just touched me lately. <laughs> By golly. Anybody else? The invitation's also always open to receive the Holy Spirit. It's a, it's a part two. You believe in Jesus, you get saved, and then there's a second thing that happens. And he fills you with power from the Holy Spirit. Is there anybody in the room today who would like to receive that power from the Holy Spirit that God's given you so that you can do what you're called to do? Stand up if that's you. Just know the invitation is always open, always. Lord, we honor you today and we're grateful to be here celebrating the resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, man, what's that? Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Come on up, man. Tatum wanted to do this last week. So now he's going to seal the deal and he's going to let you all know that he's chosen to follow Jesus. So you're going to hold the mic and you repeat after me and say, I choose to follow you, Jesus. I choose to follow you, Jesus. I give my life to you. I give my life to you. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for forgiving me. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 That's awesome, man. That's awesome. How exciting. Did you guys notice what happened when we started involving our kids in service? How everything shifted? It's so awesome. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> Will you stand up? I want to I honor you today. She's been here with us for, has it been three months now? Lord put it on my heart and she said, and he said, call up Grandma and ask her to help in the kids' ministry. And I was like, all right. It's almost like I was being drawn to your house that day. And so I went and talked to her about it, and she agreed. And it's been incredible what she's done. It's been wonderful. And she's loved it too. Yes, I have. So I just want to honor her today because this is her last Sunday with us, and she's going back to her home church after this. And I want you guys to agree with her that God's going to use her in this capacity in other churches. That he's going to call her to places this same church they need to do the same thing so she wants to start with her home church she wants to be able to do it there so let's agree with her go ahead and reach your hand towards her and let's honor her lord we thank you so much for this gift and we thank you lord for your direction and your power that's on her life and that what's to come is even greater than what she's ever seen Lord, we bless her and we honor her today and we thank you for sending us this precious gift to set us on the right path. And Lord, we ask that you give her favor as she goes out and that you connect her with the churches and the pastors and the children's ministries that need this. And we thank you in Jesus' name and we send you out with favor.
Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I want to just say, you know, it's really hard raising kids. I know. We had four, 16 years apart, and with married to a pastor who actually got up Sunday morning and went to church. I didn't have help like some of you girls do. So just chill out. <laughs> just take a deep breath. It, it, it took me a long time. I'm going to be 80 this year, and I just... Yeah, I just wish I'd known then what I know now. Sorry, Gina. <laughs> it's, like, wait, it's the way it is. You know, what did we, well, thank you for what you said last week. Just let, let that other stuff go. Because uh, I wasn't raised in a Christian home. But you guys can do this. There is a vibrance with children. Jesus loved the children. And you said it. He rebuked his own disciples when they were trying to get them away. We need them in here. You are teaching them how to worship because they're sitting. You think they're not watching. They're watching you. It takes a group. And it's so exciting. And this pastor where I'm going to church, the last last when I was there, he called the children out of children's church three different times because God told him that he wanted them, him to pray over them. So I asked him, what do you think God's doing that for? And he's going, well, I don't know. What do you think? And I'm going, you think maybe they need to be in here with us? <laughs> but it's a paradigm shift. Yep. It takes a paradigm shift for people to get together and do that. So just relax. Take a deep breath. Don't get all stressed. And Yeah, you can be excited. Now, I'm excited, but I'm not talking about getting stressed. There's a big difference. I love you. I love you guys. Thank you for having me. I've just enjoyed it tremendously. You have really missed out, I'm telling you. (laughs) Thank you. All right, go ahead and turn the lights back up. God's so good. He's good. Maybe you're watching online right now and... uh, you gave your life to Jesus. Well, we want to help you with the journey that's ahead, but we can't help you if we don't know. So we just ask that you text us 918-373-9883 and let us know. You know, in the Bible, we're committed to uh, take care of our own family. That includes our immediate family and our church family. And we have a couple that's been a part of our church for a long time. Uh, they've been watching at home for a little while because they're working through a health issue right now, but they've still been a part of our church all this time. We love you, John and Linda Ring. We, I know you're watching right now. Now, a few weeks ago, Linda, she reached out to me. Um, she said, do you know anybody who likes to shop for furniture? I was like, well, not me, but maybe I can find somebody. They needed a re- new recliner, and they weren't able to get out and pick one out. So, church family, we not only picked out a recliner for them, but we bought a recliner for them. I don't know how much he's going to appreciate me sharing this picture with you guys, but here's John in his new recliner. He loves it, and you guys, I just want to let you guys know, because you were part of this through your giving. It's awesome. All right, so (laughs) if you guys are ready to give today, and you're giving by cash or check, just raise your hand, and one of our ushers will bring you an offering envelope. Of course, you can give online anytime, and how you do that is type in nolimits.fyi. There's a giving button there. That'll get you where you need to go. Thank you so much for joining us, and a special thanks to those that give in to our ministry. It's because of your generous giving that we're able to lead people to Jesus and make a difference all around the world. 
If you're ready to give, head to your browser and type nolimits.fyi into the address bar. And if you are encouraged by this podcast, then hit that share button and pass it on so that others can be encouraged as well. Or you can even take a screenshot and share it on your social stories. Thanks again for listening. Now let's go make a difference.